<laughs> Do you know what? There's, there's certain things you edit out of this podcast. Uh, I think that's going to be one of them. Let me try segue back into something less. I uh, keep that in. Let's go down in life out here. It's a lot of fun. Keep it fun. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host at NFL on Twitter. And of course, follow the group at UK Packers. And let's say it as usual. I'm joined by me old buddy, me old pal. It's Halbert Stewart from the radio. Halbert, what's going on? Actually, do you know what I found out today? Halbert, your real name is Alexander. We're finding out little tidbits from you from your podcast. It will be no time at all before your money is mine. <laughs> I've been wanting uh, my old buddy, my old pal, introduction from you for about 35 years. <laughs> I thought you were going to say for like one podcast now. That would be accurate. Uh, but just <laughs> thank you, since we probably aren't over the age of 35. Although you were born in 1982 and your date wow. of birth is... <laughs> it's yeah. coming up, actually. My birthday's coming up uh 25th of november i will accept packers related gifts in fact one thing i need is uh, some new packers slippers uh the ones i've been wearing they're the ones without the backs i don't know if you're the same as me steve but going upstairs with slippers that don't actually have the back support for feel i find not only treacherous which i like to add an element of danger into my life every now and again <laughs> but as i am getting older because i'm born in 1982 i want that support i need to know that when mm. i go up the stairs i'm going to come down again um, in my own terms you do seem like a man who takes emotional comfort from support wherever he can get it in life including <laughs> slippers here's a here's a tidbit about me that no one cares about i never would go around my house barefoot and i don't own slippers because i can't stand to have to not be not be the action man, let's say. I have to go around. Yes, I don't wear tracksuit bottoms, anything like that, Hal. Always jeans. You know, you, when you say barefoot, mm. I mean, I have seen some pictures on your Facebook. That's actually quite accurate because you are, from the waist down, an extremely hairy individual. <laughs> I do like to upload the odd crotch pic. That's all Facebook is for. <laughs> uh, good old social media. Do you suffer from, are you a big Facebook guy? Do you suffer from FOMO, fear of missing out, Hal? Are you a bit of a social media addict then, trolling back through my pictures from 2008? Uh I mean, I just made that thing up, but now that, I'm, now that I know there is actually a hairy crotch picture in there, I'm, I'm going to go <laughs> have a look. Uh, no, if you were to say to me you could never use social media ever again, it wouldn't bother me. I only use it to promote my podcast, which is called Just Not Cricket, which you can listen to on SoundCloud, Pocketcast, Podbean, and iTunes. That's Just Not Cricket, not to be confused with Not Just Cricket, which is a podcast from Greg James, a man I have broadcast with on a few occasions but that's a story for another day you see you led into that segue from fomo straight into your podcast as if you do radio for a living unbelievable <laughs> if anyone wants to catch hal he's a funny guy he does a comedy podcast as he just mentioned you can also catch him on forces radio so if you're a soldier and you like shooting people in the face you'll probably be doing it likely to hal's voice um so hal i'm not going to deep dive here into uh, the ideological do you or do you not agree with military combat so I think we should probably move swiftly on to something that was kind of a limp comp test and, and probably get into Packers-related stuff. So I gleaned Twitter earlier, and it's safe to say, if you were to go by Twitter consensus, these are the following steps the Packers need to take. Fire Mike McCarthy. Fire Mason Crosby. Fire Aaron Rodgers. And then drop an atomic bomb on Lambeau Field. Would you agree with 
all of those or just most? Well, since you said deep dive, I've started using that in regular parlance. I was using that on my radio show. I think I've used it every day over the past five days because actually it's just a nice term. <laughs> it, it, yeah. it is, and it, it sort of sums up everything that you actually do mm. much more succinctly than me on this podcast. Uh, one thing I think we, we've got to do is uh, because I was hearing this for the past three years, fire Dom Capers and everything will be fine. So surely that's all that needed to happen, right? Yeah, I just, I don't know why that didn't work. Mm. I mean, who who saw that coming? I mean, actually, you were very, I was staunchly really supportive and uh, you, you were, you're not a reactionary and neither am I after this. So obviously, you've just listed those things that people do tend to overreact on social media. That's pretty much what the platform is for, that and, and hairy Steve Crotch pictures. It's those two things. But in the, it's in the, the order of react as you feel. And when you're in the moment of losing 31-23 to the team that's bottom in your division, your deepest, darkest rivals, yes, you do feel pain. You do feel it and you want to express it. But no, I'm sure you and I, we haven't actually discussed this off air, but I'm sure we're both in agreement that Mason Crosby does not need to be cut after what was, for him, the worst day, sporting-wise, of his life. Yeah, and he did come out after and say it doesn't happen a lot. It doesn't happen ever, Mason. Let me just correct you there. Look, one of the things that really stood out to me in this game, and I don't know if you can answer this for me, whether this is a good thing or a bad thing. It's always the same, like you say, when something's happening to you at the time, thinking this is the worst thing that can happen to you, and then you go a year down the line and everything's okay, and it just takes that time to heal, right? Um, so what I found was with this game is that we were so worried going into it that we had rookie wide receivers have to be very careful how I say that um, and you know we're, we looked at this inexperience and thought oh no that's where we're going to fall down we looked at you know the Lions defense and tried to match them up against you know ESB and MVS and any other sort of um, you know countdown style name that you want to pull out of the consonants please Carol is, but really what let us down on the day, Hal, was the experienced players. Aaron Rodgers not making the throws, Mason Crosby the all point, the all time Packers point scorer uh, you know, missing four field goals. One of them, I class as kind of a junk field goal, 56 yarder. Come on, you know, how are we going to make it, albeit in a stadium? Um, and then the, you know, the extra point was pretty shocking as well. And then you look at the likes of Clay Matthews, Nick Perry, um, who got zero quarterback hits against the Lions, zero sacks against the Lions. We had to, you know, depend on, I think it was Haha Clinton Dix to get um, a sack on a safety blitz. And then, of course, we saw. You know, Lions wide receivers going down the sidelines, smushing uh, Clinton Dix's face into the turf. So it was kind of upsetting at the time because I was kind of thinking, dear Jesus, what else can go wrong? The You know, the ball allegedly hits off, um, you know, Kevin King's back. Just it was one calamitous thing after the other. But, you know, Kevin King and, and Jackson aside, these were all veteran players. So, Hal, is it a good sign? No, it's obviously not a good sign. But is it better that it's the veterans who will come back, hopefully, and bounce back? You know, or is it a bad sign that this is how much this team is in disarray, that just nothing is clicking at all on any facet of the game? Well, you probably thought the same as me. and I'm sure you're going to agree with this. This game was a microcosm of the season so far. Mm. I always like to find a positive. We are still second place in the NFC North, but we have been the picture of inconsistency and it only gets harder. The Packers face the Rams at the end of the month. We've also got the Patriots the following week. You know, the 49ers, I'm not too concerned about for that. What will be a game on a Monday uh, for us. But the the positives on wide receiver, I, I love how you just go ESB and leave me to try and say <laughs> Equinemius St. Brown and Marquise Valdez-Scantling. How'd I do? Correct, ding. 
Okay, brilliant. I mean, they combined for 10 catches for 157 yards and a touchdown. That's talent to build on right there. You're, you're mentioning it. The future, maybe with these guys, is actually quite exciting because certainly at the start of this game, when there was a catch which I felt could have been hauled in and, and last week it didn't really look like uh, we saw anything from these that would make you go, why were they kept on the roster? But you know, Valdis Scantling ended the day with 68 yards, one touchdown, one touchdown. I can't. I mean, if I'm struggling with the word touchdown, I got no chance with Aquamania <laughs> St. Brown, and he because he recorded 89 yards on three receptions. Mm. So I'm hugely encouraged by them, and I am going to try to be the one that finds positives from a, a dark day, really, in terms of one that we we really hope won't affect Mason going forward. Because if there's one player that doesn't deserve that. As you know how highly I think of him, I mentioned it on the last podcast, it's, it's Mason Crosby. Yeah, and I feel bad for the guy because he, I, I'll put this out there, right? Because I remember he had that really bad year um, a couple of years ago and everyone was dogging him over it and he's, you know, his completion percentage was 66%. Uh, he bumped that up to about 85 But when you look back at that year, I, again, Hal, I did a deep dive on that year <laughs> as I do. Um, and... When you look at that, we were pretty awful on offense that year. And what Mason was being asked to do was hit uh, just an exceptional amount of 50 plus yarders where, you know, he was trounced, uh, he was sort of trooped out onto the field, you know, with a 51, 52 yarder. And that was his standard field goal attempt. And that's why he was missing and it became frustrating. But it was never something as calamitous as what we saw um, last night. And what was more telling was is that on the replay you can see him going it must be something and you're like well yeah mace you know what i mean it's like when you lose something in the house hall it's like well you know well where was the last place you had it and it's like well jesus christ that's where i was you know and it's kind of frustrating (laughs) it's got to state the obvious time but i I think he is to a degree in uncharted territory in the sense that he's never had a game as bad as this and he was changing his boots on the sideline you know he was he was licking lucky pennies he was you know walking side you know he was doing all he could seemingly to try get this thing to work um, and I don't know, even in his own, by his own admission in his, in his post-game stuff, he was like, nothing seemed awry when he looked at it, everything seemed fine. So he's going to evaluate it, but it's kind of like he's trying to will it, will it away himself, you know, cause he was kind of like, I look into it as usual, but it, it's just a one thing that I'm not ever a part of. So I'm just going to move on. It's kind of like, he just wanted to put it to the back of his head and forget about it. Um, and he will, yeah. he, you know, we, we both know he will because Mason is the franchise leader in points. He's that for a reason. I trust him in the Arctic tundra of a Green Bay winter. He's had, as you say, one bad season against the Lions, one bad day. Mm -hmm. But he was 10 of 11 on field goal attempts before the Lions matchup this season. Remember last week, I mean, Mason made three field goals to help us beat the Bills 22-0 in this topsy-turvy NFL where the Bills lose and then win. I already mentioned last week that Jacksonville win, lose, win, lose, win, lose. We know that that's never going to change. But Crosby has never missed four field goals in his career. In fact, he'd never had a game where he missed three. So this is a, a real anomaly, as he sort of said, and he isn't going to get cut. The Packers haven't done this historically. They don't change kickers during the season. The last Last time they did that was 1988. Mason Crosby is the first kicker with five missed kicks. All right, that was four field goals, one point after the touchdown. And he's the first one to do that since 2001. We're talking 17 years in the NFL since this has happened. It's incredibly rare. It won't happen again. It certainly won't happen to Mason. I trust him implicitly. The next game, he gets a couple of good ones. that They will land, I'm sure of it. 
he's back to the old Mason. And I guess the question is how, and this is more of a, because you've watched the Packers for a long time. And as you said, you've quoted that the Packers aren't the knee-jerk organization. Now, if this continues to the next game, how long do you think the rope is for Mason? Well, I, you know, I th- I don't think it will continue. But obviously, if I had to consider that, if the Packers are again handing points and throwing away points, because in that game, the Packers handed the Lions 17 points of turnovers and threw away 13 points on missed kicks. And we're talking 30 points worth of mistakes and missed opportunities. Not all on Mason. Mm. But I would say if he has another bad week, it's still not going to be the Cut Mason Crosby show. It'll be the discussion on social media that the Packers still wouldn't do it with two bad weeks because two bad weeks is two bad weeks as opposed to years and years and years of being one of the most reliable kickers in the NFL. He's got till the end of the season. Yeah, and we love Mason here. We've had him on the podcast a couple of times. Always a really gracious dude. Um, So we are thinking of him and we felt bad because... I don't know, an awful lot of people wanted him cut and I don't want to proffer the theory that whoever wants him cut isn't as invested in his career almost as some people who watch the Packers a lot because there are some seasoned Packer fans out there who were just so fed up on the night and I just, I'd just i love to know if they want to hit us up at UK Packers on Twitter or Facebook and just tell us how you feel now. I mean, you know, have you calmed down? How do you feel about it? Uh, it's It was pretty shocking stuff um, on the day but... You know, we were killed all over the field in different facets. And one of them was Aaron Rodgers himself. And I put it out on my personal Twitter, kind of wanting to keep this stink away from at UK Packers the odd time. But here's a theory for you, um, Hal. I find that when Aaron Rodgers is out pre-game and he's throwing the ball around and he's got that sting face on him, you know what I mean? Um, I always feel like we're going down by two touchdowns in this game, you know, because it just feels like he's kind of... I don't know like it's hard to know how to put it without sounding like an ass it almost feels like he's not defeated but kind of moody it's the same as did you ever give your missus a driving lesson you know when you get in and or anybody in yes. fact right a relative let's put it this way but I've only ever done it um, with the missus right and you go in and so to speak so to speak right um, the innuendo, listen to Innuendo podcast every Friday night so <laughs> when she's in the car and it, it's like and I remember being like it as well I remember when you get into the car and it's a stressful enough situation there's a lot riding on it including death um, unlike an NFL game which actually do you know what yeah maybe there are parallels um, so you mm. know you start into it and you're, you're if you're not in the right mindset you kind of you get kind of and just you know tetchy angsty angry and it's where the whole road rage thing comes from. I find Aaron Rodgers is very hot and cold like that. If he's on the field and he's laughing around, throwing balls, spinning stuff with Jordy Nelson and all the rest, uh, rest in peace, is that I, I feel like the game's going to go well. But I even texted to a mate secretly last, secretly last night just saying, this game's not going to go well. I guarantee we're going to lose this. Aaron Rodgers is not in a good mood. And that's what happened. And it seemed like they have to go behind them. By his admission, you know, we have to be down to, to sort of rally back up. That's not good enough for a team of two halves. Like, do you think there is a problem here with the likes of that sullen attitude, plus, and let me proffer this 17-part question, is that, again, with the likes of the Patriots, you'll see Tom Brady cringingly going, let's go, and he's running up and down the field, but not pointing out Aaron particularly, but it, throughout this whole team, maybe they just didn't show it on camera, but I don't see that fire and that energy in the team to try rally people back, as cringy and dad-like as it is. Um, I think that's missing from this team as well. You know, a bit of that spunk, let's say. Well, I I would rather run suicide with jj watt that have to teach my wife how to drive again <laughs> uh aaron Rodgers, when he 
when he throws the ball and let's say it, it, it's a good a good a goodish throw, maybe it's a nine out of ten for Aaron, and the receiver doesn't haul it in, doesn't get two feet in bounds or doesn't catch it, the looks that he can give, mm. unless they're Jordy Nelson, those <laughs> wide receivers actually it wouldn't be Jordy Nelson, Jordy he can catch pigeons. <laughs> the looks that he gives, it was just it, it's always been that way. It's like oh what am I having to work with? Yeah. And and that isn't something you see from some other quarterbacks. I don't know if he's a great leader in terms of like vocally in the dressing room or if he leads from the field. That might be the way that, that Aaron does it just by do as I do, not as I say. And maybe you just have to learn to live with Aaron being like that. Greg Jennings has come out, hasn't he, afterwards yeah. after he left and it sort of explained a little bit about what I'm getting at here with the way that Aaron can kind of be if you're as talented as Aaron Rodgers you can kind of get away with having any you know look on your face uh it doesn't really matter and actually the the players and the tools that he has around him should really be able to catch balls thrown in your vicinity from the greatest quarterback in the game currently so he probably feels exactly the same way as that as as I just explained it there and when they don't catch them yeah you know usually he's only got three or four chances to do it it's pretty frustrating. He wants to win. He's desperate as he looks at the clock ticking on his age to get to another Super Bowl. Uh, Rogers had, was it 442 yards against the Lions? And yep. the young guns, they started clicking in the second half. Before that, yeah, he was probably pretty frustrated. It still wasn't enough. I mean, the Packers posted 527 total yards, yet could only score 23 total points. Aaron Rodgers as you would have seen from the stats and people would, were really excited about, now has over 40,000 passing yards and achieve that in a relatively quick time you know i think he reached that milestone in the fewest amount of games but aaron lost two fumbles which led to 10 points for the lions he was also sacked four times and was misfiring on throws in the first half my heart actually stopped i mean i technically died when (laughs) the lions linebacker christian jones landed on roger's legs on the packers six offensive play of the day and i I thought, because actually most of the weight went on the left knee, I thought, oh no, this is it all over again. Vikings of last season, but this time it's the Lions who I detest just as much. Although I will say, I think they have the best uniforms in the NFL. So that was a a (laughs) real heart-stopping moment. Thankfully, he was okay. So there was moments in the game where we saw all of Aaron, his frustration, the looks, glances, which anyone can read into and probably get wrong, him making his own mistakes. And then Aaron being brilliant. It was all-encompassing. A bit like the entire game was, as I mentioned earlier, it kind of showed the the season that we're having in four quarters. Yeah, it's a weird game. And look, we can't please everybody all the time. And we don't want people to think we're some sort of mouthpiece for the organization where we have to come out and try to put a positive spin on it. And there were absolute trash parts of this game, trash plays of this game. But I can't help but feel, you know, when you try to remove yourself from it, that we... You know, all this stuff about... Because uh, I have said that before. I do still think that this is a team in development, for sure. Obviously, with the, the rookie-wide receivers and stuff that we have going on there, the chemistry that Aaron needs to build up with the likes of Jimmy Graham. Um, and on our defense, of course, under the new defensive coordinator, that'll all settle down and become sort of, you know, less new. But there was a few sort of bogus storylines that I saw out there. One was, you know, why didn't they go to Aaron Jones as much? Well, when you're down 24-zip at the half, you're not going to be running the ball into the ground, particularly... And then the same people that kind of moan about how, you know, we don't run the ball a lot. You know, when you look at what we could do in the second half with the pass and just how electric that was at times and just what Aaron Rodgers can do, 
you know, it's the same people that are kind of giving out a, a, a fourth and one. Look, you've got Aaron Rodgers, why didn't you throw the ball? But then they're saying, you know, why didn't you run more? Aaron Jones is a load. But then when you look at the yards per per carry for Jones and Jamal Williams and Ty Montgomery, they're all very similar. So they're all getting similar purchase with different running styles. You know, and I think that really the reason Aaron Rodgers couldn't come out and criticize the game plan was because of his missed throws. And for the fact that when you look at the running backs, yes, they got purchased, but all in a very similar way. Devontae Adams was injured, yet he still ended up with an absolute dynamite uh, game. Nine receptions, 140 yards and one touchdown. You know, the people letting us down were kind of the veterans here. And, you know, it's just it goes to show how electric our passing game was when we had to just do away with the run altogether. And I guess that's probably the coaching point of view is that they're like, yes, I know everyone wants us to run. And yes, it does keep the defense honest but when we really need to pass when we're up against it and 24 points down well then you know we're world beaters we can do anything um but i, I one comment that i saw Helen, let me know how you feel about it and some of the individual players for the defense someone said i don't want to see anybody blame this defense but the field position that they were given on the night it wasn't their fault that they were able to give up um you know 31 points on the day especially as you pointed out earlier in the podcast i mean we could have easily put up 50 points in this game if everything was clicking do you subscribe to that? I mean, did the defense put in a good showing for this or does the scoreline of 31, you know, show that we got absolutely gouged at times by the Detroit Lions who were pretty much last in every category in offense coming into this game? Well, there was definitely some highlights on defense. Haha, Clinton Dix, I felt at times was actually trying to be too clever, like almost reading Matthew Stafford's eyes and trying to guess where the ball was going to go and, and not actually always getting it spot on. Uh, Blake Martinez is the man uh this week he's my i want blake on the back of my new shirt please (laughs) wife player uh he's the man he had five tackles two tackles for a loss and two sacks he leads the team in tackles with 38 and he's tied for the team leading sacks with three blake seems to just be completely different to the team he is consistent Mm. the team this season he is constantly out there grinding and you feel like you can almost always rely on him as long as he keeps his helmet on He's not going to ever let the side down. So, yeah, he was once again an absolute uh, shining light on defense. And, yeah, you know, you're right. If you look at the score and you you didn't see the game, 31 seems like a very un-Packers-like to give up against the Lions. But actually, when I was watching and I didn't say too many times, I'm blaming the defense for this. Yeah. So we, let's let's look at the uh, the pass rush here and the outside linebackers, right? So Kyler Fackrell returns to the Kyler Fackrell we know and love. Uh, one tackle. Um, Clay Matthews is the same. Um, mm. So one tackle. Um, and then we look at Reggie Gilbert. Uh, four tackles, three solo. Um, so I guess we're not getting enough on pass rush from the absolute veteran players. And this can seems this this seems pretty. As you said, this is one consistency that we do see. And again, I never subscribed to that whole, well, Clay Matthews has long hair and he's scary and people know he's scary and that's why he keeps them honest. I don't really subscribe to that anymore. And I just wonder how seriously people see Clay Matthews. He's been in the news a lot lately, but that's because of the whole rough in the past. Now, you might say, well, that shows that he's getting there. And yes, he was, you know, for, for the likes of that, he's been doing better. But I don't think, you know, he's as devastating as he always is. I mean, is is this just air lot? Do you know what I mean? Do we need to go and and draft some players? Do we need to go and do some free agency stuff to mend this? Or can these players still come good? Because what's painful is with the likes of Nick Perry, who's been basically anonymous this season, is that, you know, he deserved that big money when he got it after that excellent season. But he as to date, he hasn't really earned that, has he? No, he hasn't. But but good players don't become bad players 
overnight. This might be a coaching thing. This might be a scheme thing that I'm not uh, too, too well, neither of us would be actually inside on and knowing what's going on there. But these players have still got it. We don't know off the field what's going on with each individual inside their head, mentally as well as physically, because we know the players in the NFL say they're always playing banged up. But uh, I, I have faith in these guys, the, all of those that you just mentioned. The answer would not be free agency for me. There isn't anyone out there at the moment. I mean, even when we were talking about kickers, and was, there isn't one out there is because team for a reason. I mean, maybe, you know, kicking-wise, you go outside of the NFL. But uh, no, I would be looking at the draft but that's not a that's not a solution for now. So uh, that would be for next season. And you can never have too much quality uh, on that line. You look at the, where the Packers finish. We'll also look at how high up the draft we can actually choose at the moment. We've won as many games as the Lions. So who knows where we're mm-hmm. going to end up choosing in that draft. And are you left so, as sour as you were when you watched this game, Hal? I mean, or, you know, can you look at the likes of the veterans letting us down in this game and say, look, uh, the future's bright where we look to be having Jair Alexander. That's one thing that struck me. Actually, I was like, Jesus, we need Alexander out there. And I'm thinking, oh my God, he's so brand new yet still. We're like, you know, we want him out there to be to be making these plays. Because there there were some comments that they were saying that the Lions wide receivers were getting behind the defense consistently. And if Matt Stafford wasn't overthrowing people and mailing it, uh, you know, well, then he could have he could have made purchase. Overall, then going into the next game, do you see this game as such a massive sort of problem for us? Or do you think that, you know, it is just that anomaly that you mentioned? Two kind of schools of thought on this. Like you, you always get excited about the young new players, especially when they've performed well in recent weeks and you get them in. Let's see more of what they can do. And you mentioned Jones. Yeah, he probably did need to see more snaps, but I understand your argument of you probably do need to air it out a little bit more when you are facing that kind of deficit. Aaron Jones played only 22 snaps. Aaron Jones finishes with 59 yards and nine touches mm. you know he, he went approximately two hours and 15 minutes of real time between touches i mean no matter what the score is that's not good enough for a playmaker like aaron jones so yeah you want to see more of these people but maybe mike mccarthy or mick mccarthy, mick McCarthy. as you would say uh, maybe because of the start of this game the start was so controversial with the officials ruling that you know packers cornerback kevin king touched Sam Martin's open punt, which was then subsequently recovered by Agnew at the one-yard line. That ruling was reviewed. I didn't feel it touched a Packer first. I thought it touched a Lion. It was reviewed. It was upheld. From that moment on, literally that moment on, it felt like it wasn't going to be the Packers' day. And then maybe you think as as the game goes on, okay, it's not going to be our day. I'm not going to use some of our key assets. Let's keep them for the 49ers. I mean, you kind of think, well, that's crazy because... If Mason gets all his kicks, we win that game. But Mason wasn't getting any of his kicks because it was one of those days. Yeah. Yeah, weird day. And I even look at some of Mason's earlier kicks and I'm thinking, we, you know, it's kind of just pocket change in, compared to what the score was at the time. Everyone looks back and goes, oh, well, they're integral if we had all of them. And arguably, if you had all of them, you don't know what fire that would put under the Lions and how much that they would have mm-hmm. went ahead and all the rest. And then again, they had dropped chances um, and as you mentioned him, Kevin King, who I think d- didn't deserve to get that to, you know, phantomly slap off his back. According to Pro Football Focus, then he was, uh, you know, directly a fall for two of the Lions touchdowns and would have got burned for the other one, uh, which Marvin Jones ended up dropping as he went to the ground. So a, a bit of a bad day for an awful lot of people that kind of goes unnoticed as well. So, look, I'm taking the positives from it. I'm thinking that the mistakes come from veterans as long as Mason Crosby doesn't have sort of an ongoing issue. Um, and get the the yips as they call it. I think we're going to be fine. Aaron, uh, I think yeah. Aaron Rodgers is going to have to step up to the plate. 
Um, we've seen this the last couple of seasons now where he's been rusty, but I mentioned it on the podcast last week, Hell, I don't know how he's supposed to get into rhythm. And look, I know they say it's like riding a bike, blah, blah, blah. But I, I just feel that if you're out of practice till Wednesday, Thursday, you're doing some light practice and then you're going to go out in a game and try to get into the zone and all the rest. I think he needs full practice. Um, that will all depend on this injury that he has. And it didn't look good because he, he gave a bit of a stiff arm when he was on a run in that game last night and it did look like the the player went down heavy on his legs now when i first heard it in the press conference um i saw that tackle and that's one thing that stood out to me and i believed when he was saying that you know the rehab might be a little bit longer now and he might keep the brace on for a little bit longer because of that tackle if i hadn't seen it i would have thought it was just lip service but that's one thing that i noted from aaron Rodgers in this press conference uh, was that he came out he was an awful lot more meek um, he put the mistakes on himself and not a whisper of it being a bad game plan what do you think it is? Is it just humble pie? Did he did he go out and think that he was going to have a dynamite game and, and blow it all up and sort of, you know, put waste to the whole game plan thing, game plan, main plan, I'm going to go out and do my best? Or do you think that the Packers could have had a word with him to say, can you cool down the controversy for a bit? And the, re- <laughs> the reason that I say it, Hal, and I know you probably don't know the answer to these questions, but maybe just how you got a feel for, you know, what you felt his mood was like. Um, It's because... One of them asked him, oh, do you think that, are you concerned for the Packers offense? And you can almost f- hear the, you know, fingers tapping on the keyboard for the reporter going, Aaron <laughs> Rodgers concerned for Packers. And that's the headline. And he bats back and says, I'm not going to say concerned. I think it's Rob who asks that. And he says, I'm not going to say concerned, Rob, because that sounds like a headline to me. But he says, I, I know mm. where we're at. So, you know, is he more conscious because of the headlines? Or was it literally that he had a bad day and ha- could do nothing else but own up to this one himself? It's a combination, really, isn't it? I think. Aaron knows he's not at 100% and he's had better wide receivers and been 100% and we've not gone to the big dance. Yeah. So he's looking at this and he's like, okay, I'm not at my best. This is a young wide receiving group with with some players that are out as well. So against the Lions, he's thinking, right, let's make the best of a, not a bad situation, but a non-ideal situation. And then, like I say, right from the off, it goes completely against you the game plan is not almost completely out the window but it's certainly been the 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 key pages of the book are in the river and you've got a half chapter floating down that river (laughs) and you're thinking okay i can rewrite that chapter but that's a pain that's the start of where this game was gone and you know what aaron i think masterfully just tried his very best because you could have even looked at this game at half time we didn't know the packers were going to score touchdowns on three straight drives to open the second half if that hadn't happened, you could have even argued take Rogers out because he needs as long to rest on this knee as possible. Because like I say, we've got the really big stuff coming up very, very soon with the arguably the best team in the NFL, the Rams and the Patriots. And actually just on the Patriots, did you notice that the Ford Field announcer mistakenly identified the Packers as the Patriots quite a few times? <laughs> so, I, I mean, it was hard to blame him. Like Since the two games, they were fairly similar. Uh, you know, was it 26-10, the Lions beat the Patriots in mm. week three, and then we know 31-23 went over the Packers on Sunday. They should just play the Panthers next. They'll be fine. <laughs> but what I found about this game was is that usually the Lions find a way to shoot themselves in the foot, and they didn't in this game. If you look at the numbers, it's actually shocking. If you were to look at the, you know, the Packers numbers and the line numbers from a team perspective... You know, the Lions kind of almost went out of the way to do everything to lose this game in a way. First downs, 30 for the Packers, 18 for the Lions. Total plays, 76 for the Packers, 57 uh, for the Lions. Total time of possession, 33 minutes and 20 seconds for the Packers, 26 minutes and 40 seconds for the Lions. But 
you know, it's it's the real key things I think that screwed us in the end. Obviously, just the calamitous like off the back stuff, but then penalties, twelve penalties for a hundred and twelve yards. The lines with only seventy one yards given up when usually they like a good L stomping on a player when he's on the ground, and then fumbles lost uh, was three for the Packers and zero for the Lions. So I think they just didn't do enough. But I put out the tweet from the group account, and it didn't get. I think. A lot of people kind of got how I meant it, and I, I can read it both ways as to how you could see that it was almost like I was trying to dump it all on Mason when I wasn't. But I was just saying, like, for as as badly as the Packers were playing, had Mason kicked those kicks at one stage, we were one point away, um, you know, well, two effectively from winning the game, one from drawing it. So that I kind of took that as, is that as badly as we are, and it has how just la- I was actually laughing at one stage in the game, just how ridiculous it was, um, that, you know, stuff was going that wrong. You know, and we're only one point away had we made those kicks. So just how average were this Lions team playing? And it just goes to show that this game does come down to a game of big plays. Um, But Jesus, Hal, it certainly didn't seem that close when we were looking at it initially. And this scoreline, if you're looking at it in a couple of years' time, you look at it and go, oh, yeah, maybe it's a close enough game. Maybe it came down to whatever. And, and finally, I'll just put this out there as well is that I just want to say to everybody who's saying, oh, Mike McCarthy gave Mason that that field goal, the 41-yarder, just to bring his confidence back. No, the head coach usually doesn't do it. If you look at Mike Zimmer, you know, and he goes, did you see the game? And he sacks his kicker. I don't think head coaches do it. They will literally just play on as if things most of the time um, are going okay. And Mike McCarthy came out after and proved it and said, no, he went for the field goal. He went for the onside kick down to try win the game because if we get a touchdown there and a two-point conversion, well, then hopefully... And um, we're back in it again. So, you know, there was an awful lot of narratives, I reckon, Hal, around this game. You know, like that Mason's off, that Mike McCarthy's terrible. They should have done the run game more and Rodgers is finished. You know, it's all this type of lark. But I think yeah. we're far enough removed now to sort of strip the trash away from this game and see it for what it is, hopefully. Yeah, totally agree. Perfectly surmised. I can't add anything to that. It would ruin it. Uh, so when so when do we just you know start whipping out the negatives now no i think it's positive enough i think we can all sort of cool down and relax so any any parting thoughts then um hal on this game anything else that we've left out in this 30 odd minutes now that we've been sort of rambling on through packerland i think that i liked the image that has been circulating on social media of the two stalwarts aaron Rodgers and mason crosby and aaron just going over to mason when he was on his own Mm. and just uh kind of like I don't want to say cradling his head in his arms as he <laughs> gazed wantingly into those whatever color eyes Aaron's eyes are, uh, you know, but it was a nice moment, a touching moment. And it reminded me of what it means to be a Packer. Yeah. And I think we put it out said that, you know, Packers family for life. It subsequently on Instagram got filled with Mason's trash sack him. But I mean, you know, <laughs> if you just look at the picture, lovely sentiment. But that's what it's about. And that's kind of what frustrates me about um, Aaron Rodgers, we you know we think he's the best player ever. You know the stats certainly tell us that. We we love the guy. Um, at times, I don't know. He shows that sort of sullenness and that sulkiness and that kind of stroppiness and the staring and all that. But maybe that's his sort of teaching style because everybody's different. And you'd sort of call into question, you know, that leadership aspect. But then you see you know elements like that where he'll go up to Mason and he'll stand by him. The first person out on the field when Mason kicked that field goal, and um, was Aaron Rodgers. Um, you know, he comes out in the press conference after that and calls him one of the best kickers that he's ever seen, especially in the conditions that they have to kick in. You know, the guys know each other, they sit beside each other on the plane. Um, and then he comes out and, and says about the young guys who he was kind of trashing in preseason to try to get their game up to say that they made really nice plays and doesn't just leave it at that. He points out the plays that they made. 
Um, and he, and he puts it on him too and he says that this is my fault now you would say that maybe that's because it's quite obvious that some of them were his fault but the fact that he was out there and ate the humble pie and said that that's the case well then it kind of shows um, his leadership quality as well so look it's it's one of those things let's hopefully chalk this down to just one of those sort of random microcosm games um, and move on but as you say Hal you know we're not doing too bad in the division Aaron Rodgers says that as well we have a couple of tough games away um, against divisional opponents so for the rest of the stretch here now, I mean, are you positive about this Packers season? Do you think that we still have a chance to sort of top this division? Because it doesn't look like anybody's kind of running away with it just yet. We've certainly got a chance starting with the 49ers. I mean, the Cardinals beat the 49ers by 10 points. Mm. Wow. I mean, that's two bad teams. The 49ers were going for it this year, as we all know. And then when they lose their, their quarterback, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, the, the best looking man. And that's just full <laughs> stop. You know, not in the NFL, just like just the really, really good looking chap. Um, so, yeah, that, that we're going to win that. Game. I'm very confident of that. Then, as I've mentioned, it does get a little tougher. But the real test of the pack and how we bounced back will be the Rams and the Patriots. If, if we could get uh, a win and this season, a tie out of those two. I'll be a very happy guy. And both of those games being the way the NFL is this season, both of them will go to overtime. Yeah, do you know what? It's always the tougher opponents that I feel more comfortable with. I think it's like when you play golf with someone who's really good. It tends to up your game. But if you're playing with a guy who's slamming them into the bushes, you tend to do something similar. And um, When I look at the game for the, the Rams this weekend against the Seahawks, that was a really close game. 33-31 um, to the Rams. Just kind of shocking because the Seahawks have been pretty dismal especially on defense and then they have Earl Thomas getting carted off flipping the bird to his own team that kind of sort of sums up exactly how their season's going so to see that happening was kind of encouraging it's always the easier games um, that kind of worry me a bit I would have deemed the Niners kind of you know especially without Jimmy Garoppolo more of a an easy game but I am sort of slightly concerned about that but I think onwards and upwards um, let's sort of reevaluate on the next on the next game well, I will just add the interesting you mentioned golf because we all know that golf is truly dreadful. I mean, even the objective of golf is to play as little golf as possible. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And someone actually pointed out, and they're like, oh, look, uh, Mason Crosby goes and meets Jack Nicklaus, and then he gets the yips. <laughs> and I kind of think, like, I don't see how they're the same, as far as I'm aware. Jack Nicklaus was just a, an unbeaten champ who will never be surpassed in his achievements. So I don't understand how that can happen. But then I started to think in my head, dear Jesus, what if Jack Nicklaus gave him some sort of advice, like, to always keep in mind that burr, burr, burr. And so he goes, hmm, shit, I'm going to be terrible from now on. <laughs> just some sort of <laughs> mental mind melt. Um, yeah. But anyway, um, I do enjoy a game of golf. Do you not play golf, Hal? Not a big golf fan? No, I don't have a set of clubs in the shed that you pretend you play, but get out once a year in the sun? <laughs> no? I, uh, no, no, I have nothing to add to that. Just now I was going to make up a lie and uh, go down a little whimsical road. No, I've got nothing. <laughs> if you want to hear um, Hal going on more of a whimsical uh, journey, well, then do listen to his podcast. Um, you can find it on at HalStewart82 and also on your BFBS um how Stuart, you've got so there's so many versions of you out there now um how... yeah, i need to change that i need to get a it's called just not cricket uh just not cricket just not cricket i read somewhere you have to say everything three times and it seeps into the memory warehouse but uh yeah i need to just set up a, just not cricket really yeah do because uh you're sort of schmoozing off your own uh follower base now uh, it's great and uh, the interplay between you and adam on it it's, it's just unbelievable the episode seven which is out on soundcloud now uh i popped over to soundcloud this morning had a listen to it dear jesus it's just wall-to-wall comedy and i did ask you i was i was asking in, in pre-prod 
uh, because you know me editing this podcast and all the rest and i was just asking how you know is that sped up or is there stuff chopped together and that's literally just your conversations which is absolutely well, gas can i just add as well i really respect the amount of work you put into this because i looked at when the last one i did it last week with you i mm-hmm. was actually uploaded and uh, i woke up four hours after it was uploaded <laughs> <laughs> just like yeah. wow this guy when does he sleep not not a lot. Uh, two young kids, uh, podcasts and stuff, uh, Packer stuff. Yeah, there's not a whole lot. I didn't sleep before that. I remember giving myself a whiplash in the shower once because I fell asleep standing up in the shower. So I uh, went to the doctor and tried to pretend I was in a car accident, you know what I mean, to make it less embarrassed. Um, but yeah, and then I hung out. I actually went out for the first time in about 17 years this weekend and I, I was talking to... Uh, one of my mates and she says i cannot get, you know deal with less than at least eight to nine hours a night and that's promptly when i slapped over her pint glass and put on my jacket and left big sleeper <laughs> hal are you the guy who sort of gets to stay in and you know get all toasty and stuff like that that's that's no. the attitude that we have to radio hosts anyway that she's worked two hours <laughs> a day and there's no research just have loads of lackeys that do it for you and then you just breeze on in and just you know talk comedy and, and really add that star power to that two hours of your day no i think sleep's really important but i am a- an attack the day kind of guy so as soon as i wake up no matter what time it is you know as long as it's like one in the morning i do get up i'd never like go back to sleep for an extra 20 minutes when the alarm goes off that's it i get up hal stewart doesn't hit the snooze button at least once i've never hit a snooze button in my life oh breaking news that you must be the only human that doesn't do that i mean i will squeeze the juice out of a snooze button don't get me wrong (laughs) don't sleep a lot but when i do i stay there um oh yeah Oh, well, Hal, it's been an absolute pleasure. We got some great feedback on the last one. Um, hopefully the same on this one. And I guess we do some homework. Usually this is the part where I come on and start waxing lyrical. And you sort of alluded to it where I go on for seven hours about the different, um, you know, products and offers and discounts and merch and holidays and all that kind of stuff uh, that we try to offer discounts to anybody who follows us. Um, but I have went and did it and I created an offers page on the goddamn website. It only took about five years. So if anyone goes to ukpackers.co.uk forward slash offers, I have them all on there we've the nfl europe shop this is where this is the part where i say that i'm not going to go on about it and then i still do for 10 minutes uh, so if you go onto that page uh, there's 10 percent off nfl europe shop and there's a fiver off the elite package on pro football focus uh you get 20 quid off the N- uh, pff elite which is the top one if you're a really serious fan uh gridiron uh you get 15 percent or 10 percent off that with the code uh, touchdown trips you get money off those holidays and um, i put game pass up there because we get asked well how do you watch the games and what stream do you go to you can get a seven day free trial on game pass albeit nothing to do with us but if you go on uh just to kind of give you a bit of a reminder um pro football focus i i know you know some people like stats some people don't like stats i don't know about you hal are you a big stat head do you like going on and reading stats or does that type of stuff nauseate you on a daily basis i am so so not a stat guy uh in in like any and it's really hard being a baseball fan and not because it's all about sabermetrics in baseball and i just don't get it so I'm, I'm i'm awful on stats and that's the thing I, i'm very conscious when you invite me on the podcast that there are so many knowledgeable people listening going, he's not he's not even saying the stats <laughs> but i do I, I did look up quite a few stats for this one mm-hmm. i can't claim any of them to be my own knowledge i don't sit there working them out i just read them on the internet which is uh, you know the internet's still going actually it's not gonna it's not a fad that's gonna blow over <laughs> yeah who did I hear? I think so use it. Yeah, I thought, I thought I heard someone say that today that they didn't. They only had a flip phone or something that they don't use, and they were like, "Oh, when the internet came out, and someone said if you logged on, I was like, oh, that's gonna that's gonna go in a year.'" 
how wrong he was uh, not a big better but yeah I find uh, pro football folks but like you say I think look all stats are fine but you have to put them in context so if you were to look at that game just gone and you'd go by time of possession and first downs and all the rest and yards and all the rest you'd look at that game and go dear Jesus that's incredible you definitely won that game by dropping a 50 burger but then you have to look at the likes of turnovers um, you know pressures blitzes and all that kind of stuff so look I find pro football focus great uh, you're getting a bit of money off there and again not to take money away from the, from the from the promotion but in years gone by what I do is is I buy a PFF package but I buy it with a couple of mates you can get it for like I think it's something $40 the fiver off is $35 you buy it with a couple of mates you're spending about 7 quid um, and you end up getting in because what I find pro football focus is good for is they have a graphic where it has the Packers versus whatever team that they play and they have them colour coded so that you can kind of see where you know the pressure is going to come from where the weak spots are just by that one graphic and i find it really good for that um so again we're big proponents that's why we teamed up with pff to kind of bring people that although i do understand people aren't big stack guys but look you can follow us on at uk packers on twitter get onto instagram at uk packers facebook you see where this is going at uk packers we have a private group uh, get your arse in there because that's where most of the talk goes and bring some positivity jesus christ after last night's game i feel like hitting the vishki uh because there's just so much naysaying going on in there but um Big thanks to Hal Stewart. Make sure you check out his podcast, um, Just Not Cricket. And uh, make sure you listen to his radio show as well on BFBS. Just download that app and follow you on Twitter for Jesus' sake. And also, if you want Hal's <laughs> social security number, it's coming in podcast number eight that he's releasing <laughs> of Just Not Cricket, which is a great listen. Hal, I can't thank you enough, buddy, for and coming Steve, on. Uh, the, the, my, my birthday, 25th of November. <laughs> Click on that 10% off shop on the ukpackers.co.uk a bit like Stee if you want to buy me a jersey I am a youth large Uh, that's a scurrilous rumour but also one that is completely based in fact so uh, till (laughs) the preview podcast uh, we only do this for 10 minutes just to ensure that Hal's poo in the morning goes nice and smooth (laughs) after that 7th coffee textbook (laughs) it's goodbye till Thursday cheers